Hey, this is Nathan Larson here. This is Tone Deaf with an impromptu check-in. It's been a complex week. It's been a difficult month. So we thought it might be uh, constructive just to assess, to take a breath together. The distress is global in nature. Talking about France, talking about the UK, talking about Iraq, talking about Afghanistan, talking about Bangladesh, and talking about the USA. So today, you'll hear some voices you may have heard before on this program. They will be speaking into their phones, they will be leaving me voicemails, and they will be speaking their hearts. Thank you for listening. This is Tone Deaf. It's uh, 2.51 a.m. Sunday morning, and uh, wife and child in bed. Um, there's a lot that's uh, it's taken place in the last week or so, and uh, just kind of want to sum things up. And it's really about community, and if you're an outsider... What you says really doesn't matter because you're not living the experience. You're not walking in these black shoes every day. You have no idea. You can only guess uh, what it's like to be a black person in this country. So just do more listening and talking. You know, you can you can suggest whatever, but I really think you're not in a position to do anything but listen. If you're a friend. Whether it's your wife or your husband's black or your friends are black or whatever, listen. You can't suggest anything because your suggestions mean absolutely nothing at all. And some some may uh, view that as harsh, but it's true. I would never tell anyone. Uh, I would never tell a woman. For example, yes, let's use that as example. I would never tell a woman would. I think she's going through what I think she's feeling. I would never tell a gay person what I think they're feeling, what I think they may go through on a day-to-day basis. And what we have a lot of times, especially in popular culture and in journalism, we have a lot of outsiders, a lot of Caucasians, they feel necessary to, uh, to speak on issues when it comes to blackness and culture and, and and love to talk about what they think black people are going through or how black people feel that's and that's one of my biggest pet peeves i i just think it's the arrogance of the culture to even comment on anything remotely black you have no room to talk and you should stop talking and just listen that's the problem people in the dominant culture they do not listen to just talk about issues that that has nothing to do with them 
that's uh they had no connection to you have no idea what it's like and and, and again uh, again it's it's about community it's about loving each other it's about respecting women in our community is about respecting our children, taking care of our children. And if you're in the street and if you're involved in criminal activity, at least have the decency to create a safe space for our children. You're going to obviously do what you do, whether it be selling drugs and, you know, move with gangs, whatever it is, whatever vice you're into, at least create, at the very least, at least create a safe space for our children. And our children are getting killed in the crossfire because of our ignorance, because of our, our clumsiness with handling guns. And at least create a safe, a safe space for our children, because a lot of you guys have children, and you would not want to get a call one, two, or three o'clock in the morning, telling you that your child's died. You don't want that call. At least create that safe space. And and remember to not pass down fear to your children we've been in a state of fear during slavery post-slavery and, and, and today that I refuse to pass down fear to my son I'm not passing that fear to my child my child has a right to be happy to be carefree without having to worry about how he's perceived as a black boy in this country I refuse to pass that fear down to my child. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. He has a right to be as happy as any white boy, a white girl, Asian boy, Asian girl, running around this country playing on any playground. Just remember who you are. I'll tell him and remember your legacy, your culture, and what you've contributed not only to this country, but what you've contributed to humanity. Enjoy your life to the fullest and I'm gonna not gonna pass anything down to him that's gonna hinder him from enjoying his life and I hope he'll pass it on to his children one of the most important things I want to add is moving forward Sunday and, and from from now until just whenever is that you know remember you know, to treat each other with respect with love respect those that respect you Defend your family at all cost. Whether it's coming from inside a community, you have a right to defend your family. And I, I don't necessarily condone violence, but I, I condone self-defense. If you're not doing anything wrong, and you're just trying to make your way in this world the best you know how, if somebody comes into your space, your safe space, and they, and they threaten that space, you have a right to defend yourself. My name is Nima Safai. I'm a musician playing in the band Django and I'm born and raised in Sweden to Iranian parents. I look very Middle Eastern. I have a big black bushy beard and I'm really, really scared. I read a piece in the Washington Post yesterday morning titled Anti-Muslim Views Rise Across Europe. 
The article was full of numbers taken from research and polls about people's sentiments about refugees and Muslims in different European countries. Now, I'm neither a refugee nor a Muslim, but I look like one. I've learned since I was very young that prejudice in general is more common, more vicious and more deeply ingrained in people than one thinks, and it's getting worse and worse by the day. Some of it's intangible, some is not. The dirty looks, the negative vibes, the not wanting to sit next to a Muslim-looking person on the tube or on the bus, they're all intangible. But the abuse, the attacks, the calling of names, the, ac the accusations, they're all tangible. And for every attack by a seemingly Muslim person on white people, the tangible prejudice gets more palpable. They hurt more, literally. I had nothing to do with any of the terror attacks as of late, but I still have to pay the price for it. Is it a coincidence that no one decided to sit next to me within like four seats on each side on a packed tube in the morning rush? Maybe. Is it a coincidence that I was once again surrounded by a gang of very aggressive people calling me a terrorist and telling me to go back to where I came from? No, that's not a coincidence. So when I say that I've read a piece in the Washington Post titled Anti-Muslim Views Rise Across Europe, I mean that I've read a piece in the Washington Post that talks about how anti-brown people views rise across Europe. That's called racism. And it scares the absolute shit out of me. Because it's getting worse and worse and worse. Worst thing about it all is probably that I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to fix this. How do I not get myself attacked and yelled at? I've got long hair, tattoos, and I'm in a rock band. Is my big beard the only thing that makes people think that I'm a terrorist? Should I shave it? I don't know. I recently came back from a, from a tour in France with my band, and on the last day, a white Frenchman pulled me aside and said something like, hey, you've got the whole rock and roll look down. You've got the, you've got the long hair. You've got the tattoos. You look cool, man. But the beard, the beard, you need to lose it. You need to get rid of it. Good thing you've got the tattoos, though. Because if it wasn't for the tattoos, people would think that you're a bad man, Muslim terrorist. That's what he said. He looked into my eyes and that's what he said. I wish I made that up, but it's real. That's what he said to me. So what else do I need to do? Do I literally have to leave the UK? Where do I go? Will I be safer anywhere else in Europe? And what about the big picture? What do we, the brown people, what do we have to do collectively for white people not to hate us and think that we're all Muslim? Oh, and by the way, being Muslim isn't a bad thing. Being a fucked up right-wing extremist is a bad thing. That's not really something that's reserved purely for Muslims, is it? Last time I checked, white people were fucking excellent at being right-wing extremists, too. So, yeah. I'm scared shitless of what's going to happen in the future, of being caught in the crossfire. I fear, for, I fear for how my children's lives are going to look. I fear for the free movement of people all over the world. I fear of being labelled like this until the day I die, because being labelled like this isn't something you get over, and certainly not something you get used to either. Tangible or intangible, it's fucking horrible. I don't know what to do. Can someone please tell me what to do? because I don't know what to do.
Hey, this is Jonas Policeman coming at you from Brooklyn, New York. What's happening today? I think my responsibility as a whitey is to get out of the way and support in any way I can and to listen very carefully and to look people in the eye. That's what I got today. Peace to everyone over and out. So in light of all of the police brutality and police murders that have been happening, especially for the past few weeks. This is activist and writer Shishi Rose. I decided to create with some other people a movement where we would be protesting and having vigils and doing petitions and everything would be coming together on the exact same day at the same time. So it was kind of like we could shut this country down a little bit in this tiny way and just really honor these victims of brutality and take a stand against against this against this system that is just so bent on keeping black people below everybody else. And so basically what the premise of the movement is, is to call police officers who have been perpetuators of this police brutality out. We want to call them out on what they've been doing and we want to also hold them responsible, but not just the ones who perpetuate the violence, but also the ones who know that there is violence and abuse happening within their squad and they do nothing to stop it because they're just as liable as everybody else. So one of the things that we want to do with the petitions once we get those underway is that we want first all of the officers in all of the states that we're doing petitions in, we want all of the officers to have working body cams on at all times and we also want to put a clause in the petition that if for whatever reason they turn off the body cam then they will be held liable or if they turn it off and something happens like somebody is abused or somebody is murdered and there'll be jail time and there'll be repercussions for the things that they're doing these officers are above the law the laws and the rules don't affect them like it would any other citizen and that's why they keep getting away with these crimes because there's no there's no ramifications for what they're doing. It would be great if we could find police officers that were willing to step up and stand with us and basically say that they're taking a stand against police brutality too, but we haven't been very lucky in finding any of them. So many cops out there or just regular citizens are always telling us, you know, there's so many good cops, there's good cops everywhere. But the thing is, I don't see those good cops anywhere and None of the ones I've talked to or that any of us have talked to seems like they're willing to join the movement or talk about what we're doing or get involved whatsoever. You would think that if they were good cops that they would want to call out police brutality as well because it's just making them look bad. There are so many amazing cops out there that do so many good things and there are actually heroes, but all of that work is totally overshadowed by the fact that they hide the things that go on in their squad room or that they don't speak up against police brutality. Their entire squad room could be totally corrupt and there could be one cop that's good there, but if he doesn't speak up, then he's just as bad as everybody else. And they're so bound by this brotherhood and the fact that they don't want to lose their careers or risk their financial security for their families. And that's understandable. However, that comes with a body count. You can be quiet at the sake of risking your career and your money, but there are people that are actually dying because of you being quiet about it. Our movement is called Speak Up, Speak Out, and right now we're in 11 different 
at locations where we are going to be having protests and vigils happening. That is grown quite a bit, and we still have a couple of other states that are looking to join in with us. So that's what I've been working on in the past week is just basically to get that out and to be making like protest posters. Um, mine's going to be a little bit different than everybody else's. Mine is, is the New York chapter. And before I have the adult portion of the protest, I'm going to make a children's portion of the protest. So at three, all of the kids are going to come and we're going to have music and we're going to have kids do art projects. But one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted it to be very impactful for anybody that's watching these children. And so like we made children's t-shirts tonight with bullet holes in them and with words written on it saying, am I the next hashtag? I really want people to look at this and see that these kids that are standing in front of them, no matter what color they are, they could just as easily end up victims of this broken system. A lot of white people are struggling with the concept of white privilege right now with everything going on in the world. I think it's important for them to understand that though you can be militant for the cause, though you can be diligent with your activism online and offline, if you are white, you still benefit from white privilege. White privilege is something that is gained from the oppression of black and brown peoples, and there is plenty of historical evidence to support that fact. It is the responsibility of white people who consider themselves allies to constantly check their own privilege, push back against that privilege, and use their privilege to elevate black and brown voices on whatever topic or cause they feel motivated about. It's not about distancing white people from blacktivism, if I can call it that. It's not about cutting them out from any of the changes that are going on in America or all over the world. It's really just about protecting oneself as a black individual from the potential problematic and dangerous ideologies that a white person can inflict on a black individual. Not to paint anybody out as an enemy, but it's really just a matter of self-protection. I think one of the ways to move forward when it comes to black people in America anyway, uh, one word, and that's community. It's imperative. I, I know it's imperative to build within your community people that look like you. And I, I think we need to draw, uh, pull our resources together, support uh, those black businesses that are in close proximity and, and, and stop giving our money to people who don't love us. There's a lot of businesses in, in black communities all over the country, whether it be the uh, liquor stores, the corner marts, the hip-hop chicken places, and I, I think that needs to come to an end if those people do not respect us as human beings. Uh, most of the time, you have to... Uh, 
uh, pay for whatever item you're buying through some sort of plexiglass. I understand the need for security because, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of these businesses are, high, are located in high crime areas. I understand that. But I, I've been in these businesses. A lot of the owners uh, who, who don't look like us, they don't necessarily treat us with the respect that we deserve. You know, you're paying for an item through layers of protection and it's like there's a disconnect there. So I, I think that's really symbolic just the way that we have to interact there's no human contact it's just like a, a barrier so that's symbolic literally a barrier there so i i really think that says a lot that really creates a lot of animosity towards you know my people i i think we just should not give money to those who don't value us as human beings and disrespect us i think it's insanity to continue uh, to patronize a business where you're not welcomed and you're not respected, that needs to stop. And and not just because of what took place this week, it just needs to be deliberate moving forward that we build with people that look like us, that we spend money with people that look like us, that re we recycle the black dollar um, continuously, continuously, and, and, and if it's all done we all join in together and do it we, we can really create some opportunities for ourselves and let's not just do this just because let's continue to do it not as a reaction but be, because it's the right thing to do and it's necessary and it's long overdue i mean keep in mind we had a great network of african-american businesses and, and and including hotels diners i mean you name it we had it prior to immigration we we and we we sold all of that out we sought our, our home to move into someone's guest house. A, a rational person would, would, would ask, like, why would I sell my house that I built with my own two hands and uh, that's, you know, helped sustain me? Why would I get rid of everything that I worked so hard for just so I can move into someone's guest room? It makes absolutely no sense. And, and, and here we are, we, we lost a lot, you know, but I, I believe we're slowly gaining it back. And um, that's it. Peace. Tone Deaf is a modern imperial production put together by myself and Taryn Maza. Thanks to everyone who contributed here. The event she, she spoke of is occurring Friday, July 22nd in many towns all across America. Hashtag speak up, speak out. In New York City, that's at Union Square. Show up with your kids about 3.30 and support your neighbors and support this cause. I hope you realize that you are beautiful, you are valued, you are loved, and despite all appearances to the contrary, you and I and we will win. Thank you. This has been Tone Deaf.